Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the First in Ten Podcast right here on the Blogging the Boys Podcast Network. Yours truly, Dave Sturcio, has rejoined the uh, the Wolfpack here as we have premier writers of bloggingtheboys.com, Aiden Davis, Tony Catalina. Boys, we get ourselves our first dub of the season. Uh, doesn't really count for anything. Doesn't count for anything, actually. But lots to take away from it last night. Lots of... Uh, Lots of energy, lots of uh, praise from like NFL.com, ESPN. Like people were starting to see some of the cool stuff that the Cowboys were doing last night. But obviously, you know, you can find out exactly how RJ Ochoa felt as he dropped an episode right after the game uh, on Saturday night, which on the East Coast ended around, I don't even know, because guess who entered Snoozeville before I can even get to the end? I couldn't do it. I tried. I tried real hard. Tony, you were over there on the Twitter. Um, that's how old I am, by the way. I called it the Twitter. Uh, <laughs> how did it go last night, man? How how was the how's the vibes after last night's game? Complete 180 from the the week prior, right? I think you feel real good about some of the things you saw. Not just Cavante Terpin. That's the easy positive in the situation. The Cowboys have a bona fide playmaker, somebody that I mean, to me, it was one of the cooler things, honestly, I've seen in sports where to see a guy go out, have two returns in the first half, and come out in the second half with literally a ball cap on and his and his pads off. Like that is earning it to the fullest right there. So I thought that was really cool, but. Izzy Mukawamu, there was just some things that this team really did well last night that we needed to see in response to that Denver Broncos week. Started on Wednesday, started on Thursday, and they carried it over into the game. So it's nothing but positive vibes. I said it last night. There are some things to work on, but that's perfectly fine. The takeaway should be in a positive note for Cowboys Nation after last night. Aiden, we uh, we walked away last week with like 47 penalties, according to what everybody thought we were seeing. Uh, realistically, what was it? 18? 18, right? I think. Um, 17. 17, whatever. It's it's up there in the teens, right? <laughs> but uh, now we cut that in half last night, if not more than half. Um, and so do you think that there was a strong emphasis throughout the course of the week that we got to clean this up or people are going to start to really panic? I think there was probably an emphasis based off what we heard McCarthy say, but I also think part of it is just like these individual players who are drawing the penalties. A lot of the players we're seeing are fighting for a job right now and fighting for a roster spot. So I, I know they want to cut down the penalties as much as the fans do. So I think it's a combination of those two things. And like I said last week, I don't think penalties really are could like any give us any representation of what we're going to see from the starting uh, groups. So eight penalties is better i'm not but i'm not saying that mccarthy solved the penalty problem in a week 
Also, the fact that the game ended uh, at the wee hours of the night on the East Coast, Aiden almost has no excuse right now to be tired and, and sound like he's tired. Right now. And listen, hey, man, <laughs> me me and Tony are early risers, all right? I got the kids. Tony's just an early riser by default. We're all coffeeed up, and I'm looking at you, and I'm like, man, wake up, man. It's a, We got ourselves a win, bro. <laughs> okay, I mean, look, a preseason win. Th- this is true. I said- Last week, I said I wasn't going to overreact to the loss, and I'm still not. I'm not overreacting to this one. Oh, you're not. You're not Cowboys. You're not Cowboys Nation, basically, because the entire Cowboys Nation last week, the sky was falling, according to them, uh, with every every flag that was thrown. It was one more loss on our regular season record. It was just it was that bad. Uh, But then again, like I said, they turned around yesterday. Tony, the the surprise of everybody's been talking about Turpin throughout the summer, right? They're saying, okay, this kid's got a legitimate chance to make the team. Um, you know, how many receivers are the Cowboys going to to handle? Because outside of Turpin, there was a couple nice little uh, Simi Fajoko sightings last night. You know, nothing too too crazy. Um, but when you look at Turpin, is this like I I know the shoulder pads came off and the ball cap came on, bonafide made the team. Congratulations! You know, is this like? unfortunately you're on Twitter and, and you see like, hey, we got ourselves a Devin Hester. I'm like, okay, everybody just calm down, man. Like it's great. It's exciting. Don't get me wrong. It's electric. Uh, it's electric to see what he did last night. But now do you think that how high can this kid move up the depth chart? I know he's not necessarily known right now as a receiver per se, because of the fact that he ran a punt back and he ran a kickoff back. Do we now have our special team specialist that we've been coveting for the last, I don't know, 20 years. It feels like. I, I think that's the certain I think that's exactly where it at least starts. I think he's somebody that's gonna take the take the role from Tony Pollard. We don't have to have him out there and kick returns anymore. We know for certain C D Lamb is not gonna be the punt returner anymore. Um so that's exciting to see a guy like that that has big playability. I even tweeted it from the blog and the boys Twitter account last night. Every time that Turpin touches the ball, you kind of sit on the edge of the seat because something can happen. I mean, he took a jet sweep that could should have been a loss for three and made eight or nine yards out of it. So every time he touches the football the way he moves he just looks like he's in a different gear now where does that translate into into wide receiver reps we'll have to see what that means in the actual passing game but there's no doubt in my mind they're going to get him involved in jet sweeps they're going to get creative with him getting the football and um, I know everybody keeps mentioning like oh they should have done this with Tony Pollard but Tony this kid is on a an almost a different level than Tony Pollard and that's taking nothing away from him. I think having both of them can only help this team. So it, they're going to get creative. And if Kellen Moore is as um, forward thinking as I think he is with this offense, I think they can really be special with uh, the way they use Turpin moving forward. Now it's funny you mentioned that because I was going to throw this over to Aiden, put him on the hot seat, really wake him up right now. Aiden, <laughs> where do you find your confidence level? And a guy like Kellen Moore, two weeks into a preseason where, look, you're not going to show everything. You're not supposed to show everything. You're supposed to, you're supposed to see the skill. You're supposed to see the, you know, how they line up. You're supposed to see the technique, stuff like that. You're not supposed to really, like, show them game plan. How? Where's your confidence level in the fact that we just saw what Turpin can do with the ball in his hands? Where's your confidence level with Kellen Moore that he can handle this the right way this year? I mean, my confidence level's at, like, a 7, 8 Somewhere in that, like it's high just because it's not hard to scheme Cavante Turpin in a, an offense. Like the jet sweep we saw last night, I assume that's going to be a lot of what we see during the season. It's just like that. What Debo Samuels now patented just the that's it. He just passes. called it, folks. He called. He's just calling Turpin the next Debo Samuel. In case anybody <laughs> no. was wondering or anybody wants to take any quotes from this podcast, that's what Aiden Davis just said. 
Yes, he's well. People on Twitter are already crowning him as a Hall of Famer, so <laughs> call him Debo Samuel. Yeah, I'm just I'm straying back. But anyway, I I just it's it's that type of like you're getting him the ball in the easiest ways easiest way possible because you know what he can do with the ball in his hands. With that said, I think we kind of have to pick our battle here because you're not going to use Tony Pollard and Kevontae Turpin both in that role like. Obviously, we've seen a lot of Pollard getting a lot of spot work over the summer. So I think it's going to be one or the other. I don't think we're going to see both Pollard and Turpin just on the field at the same time and getting these short passes all throughout the game. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Um, there's only room for so many. And that's what makes things a little interesting coming up here on Tuesday. We have more cut downs coming down uh, down the, the old waiver wire. Right. We're going to have to all pay attention to who Dallas separates themselves from going forward. But now a good problem that we have right now, uh, besides the fact that Turpin really showed some real cool spark last night, uh, he'll make the team. Is there anybody in the wide receiver group before I move on to the next group? Is there anybody, Tony, in the wide receiver group that now because of the emergence of Turpin and because you're probably going to have to keep him on the roster, is there anybody that really needs to show you something in, in like the final? There's only one more game, right? They they dropped it down from two to three. So there's only yeah. one more live game opportunity for somebody to to make some plays. Who's in danger of getting or uh, getting cut off this team, wide receiver-wise? Well, it's interesting the way that they're going to handle wide receiver, right? Because how are they going to handle Michael Gallup to start the season is going to be huge, right? If, if he's an early injured reserve guy. I really hope they don't do the pup thing or injured reserve well, thing because that would be a very bad deal. Well, the thing about Michael Gallup and putting him on the injured reserve is it only be four games, right? It, it, him missing September, so that frees up a spot. I hope that they don't do that because that would tell me that they think they can get him in September, early October, if that's the case. Now, I we, we've heard some varying reports of what Michael Gallup's availability is going to look like early season. But I say that to say the Cowboys are going to have some decisions to make at wide receiver. They're probably going to have to get creative, right? Cavante Turpin is definitely on the roster. Obviously, C.D. Lamb, that's two. I, I think Dennis Houston's as close as the lock as it's going to be at this point. Simi Fajoko, Noah Brown. So what are we talking about? Five right there before we really even get to a battle. T.J. Vasher has kind of fell back to the pack. We haven't heard really anything about him as of late. So it's interesting. I mean, the, the funny thing is the Cowboys don't have these crazy decisions to make because they're not crazy deep. So Cavante Turpin, in my mind, is somebody that's already been factored in. I mean, James Washington, how are they going to handle him as well? I mean, we're, we're, I was just going to say, don't forget about Washington, our you know, one or second free agent signing of the offseason. Yeah, I think he's going to end up and start the season on the injury reserve, too. I think that he's going to end up being in the second week or third week of October at the earliest. That was a 10-week injury, and that's six, seven weeks into the season. So um, they're going to have to play some roster gymnastics, I like to call it. But Cavante Turpin's definitely in there, and it's, you know, these guys have one more chance to kind of go out there and try to win a job. Are we, I've been seeing rumblings that, and I don't know what your take on this y'all's take on this is, but there's rumblings that Noah Brown might not make this roster. Uh, nah, I, mean, I think, I think give, he's a bona fide lock, that, to be honest with you. I don't, it's weird because like, give me a reason, Tony, give me a reason why this, didn't preseason, get, yeah. this preseason alone and camp, why Noah Brown is a lock to make this team. And well, it's first, just not knocking Noah Brown. I'm a big Noah yeah. Brown advocate, but I just, you know, well, first off, you, you look at the, the samples that the team leaves you, right? The the Easter eggs that they left you. Week one in the preseason, he wasn't injured, but he didn't suit up. They only treated the guys that were established in that manner. Okay. Then he gets hurt in the charges practice. That's why he didn't play in this game. They're, they're, he's the only other guy on the football team other than C.D. Lamb that has a touchdown reception. So, or, or a reception in for that matter. So it's, I Noah Brown, listen, he's nothing flashy. If this was a normal depth wide receiver group, 
I would be in that same realm of you. I didn't see Noah Brown as wide receiver three. I didn't even see him as wide receiver four with this full allotment. But as it's currently constructed, at least the first half of the season, I think it'd be tough to let him go because who else is on the team that even has any type of production in this league? Well, I was just, yeah, go ahead, Tony. Uh, Aiden, sorry. (laughs) I'm the one, I'm the one who drank coffee, by the way. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) When you were rolling through that list, did we leave off Jalen Tolbert? Oh, I think we yeah. left off Jalen Tolbert. But we did. Oh, friend of the show. Tar- terrible right. was, but yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, he's I mean, he's a slam dunk. You almost forget about it because he's not going anywhere. But he also counts into the factor of somebody that's, you know, he's he struggled a little bit. Let's be honest, right? I mean, he had a he had a touchdown last night. He couldn't get the toes down. He thought it was college. So like so, he's he struggled a bit. Yeah, and, and they're one everybody's getting on him about one route, uh, one drop early on. And I'm like, dude, the guy caught the ball three yards before the sticks. Like, it was a bad route, first of all. Catching it or not, it's still fourth down. But anyway, um, we mentioned all these receivers. And and while you think they can use the old gymnastics, the the you know the depth chart, um, which we call the 53 gymnastics, like you look at uh, a guy like Gallup and Washington, let's just say they start off on, on the, the injury reserve for four weeks, right? And then you have a guy like, you know, you obviously have CeeDee Lamb, Noah Brown, we just said, Jalen Tolbert, right? And then you have Turpin, and then you have Simi, right? So that's five, right? Five there without the two that we that we have. They're not going to carry seven. One of these guys, two of these guys are not going to be on this team come, like, November. And that's kind of alarming to me. Like, Aiden makes a decent point. Noah Brown is – I like him, and he's established. But, like, if everybody just – kind of listen this is a race you know what i mean it's it's a marathon not a sprint if a couple of these guys show that they can be better down the stretch than noah brown then noah brown might find himself cut come like november i agree that football like romo said is an aristocracy right like you are is only your opportunities are earned every day i understand that but it's a really scary proposition to go into week one with cd lamb jalen tolbert Dennis Houston, like the literal only wide receiver in the entire group that would play without a reception. You know, nobody that's, else would have. That's what we're going. That's what we're going in with. So I guess that Noah Brown is is a lock for that sole purpose is the fact that we can't have these like rookies it. running out there running routes. And while like again, Cowboys Nation and the fans and the media they're getting excited about these kids as they should because they're showing some flashes. But like you you look at that roster and that lineup when you run out of the tunnel in Dallas against Tampa, you're like. Who's he throwing the ball? It feels very like Alan Hearns-esque year where we had like nobody to throw the ball to. So it's we need CeeDee Lamb to live up to this expectation more than ever before. Um, and I think he I think he answers the call. I do. I think he has a has himself a, a solid season. And once Gallup gets back and Washington takes some pressure off, I think Dak Prescott will get into a groove uh with CeeDee Lamb. Staying on the offense for just another minute. Last night, once again, we saw some serious serious emergence out of the running back room guys like Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard are sitting out and watching these games but they're watching Rico and they're watching Davis go absolutely ham on this role Rico runs very very well I said it last night on Twitter I think this kid has a future if he stays healthy he's there um where are we there because it's like you're we're talking about like freaking taking nine receivers deep you know what i'm saying and like the running back room one of those guys they're not we know this guys they're not going to carry four running backs they're just not so aiden who's the odd man out here after two preseason games i mean i I hate to say it but i do think malik davis is the odd man out just because yeah you're right i don't think they're gonna come into the season with four running backs and we kind of addressed it last week maybe they do 
but I mean, it's just, it seems like, it just seems really, I, I, I don't know the word I'm looking for. I don't know. It just seems odd if you run, run in the season with four running backs when you're really only going to use two and specifically Zeke's still going to be that workhorse guy. With that said, Malik Davis has had an incredible preseason. And if you try and move him to uh, the practice squad, I I don't know. I don't think he's making it there. I think a team's going to claim him. And I don't know. You need running backs for next year when this running back room gets a little bit hazy. Well, that's that's another thing I was going to say. I mean, like with all the rumors and speculation that Zeke's contract is too much. And if he doesn't restructure, then it's probably bye bye Zeke, which, again, that would make me very ill. <laughs> you know, I, I would not like that at all. Uh, Tony, not to try to get clicks or anything like that or anything to that stretch. Right. But like. Is there a possibility that one of these guys is moved via trade for like, I don't know, depth on the offensive line, uh, something, another position of need? Because like even the Joneses have said, or at least they they know they're, they're football guys. Will McClay is out there. They're all football guys. They know they have talent, but it's almost too much talent. And I don't want to say that because like I'm like trying to puff my chest out like McGregor, you know, like, oh, we're the best. we got the best running backs in the league. But, like, here's a chance to really sell high on one of these guys. Can you see that happening within the next two weeks? I mean, they can get creative. I've, I've been pretty open with thinking that they have five guys on this roster that be belong on 53-man rosters, even if it's not the Cowboys. Um, I'm a big Rico Dottle guy. I think that given the opportunity, he can make some plays. But Malik Davis is absolutely making the most of his opportunity. I would even say, just to answer that question specifically, yeah, like if they can find a way that that betters the team in the here and now. I don't see why they wouldn't do that. But thinking out, like you mentioned earlier, um, there's a real possibility that Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, at least one of them won't be here next week. And I think they might have that in mind as well because we can think about an opportunity where Ezekiel Elliott takes a restructure. Tony Pollard is gone. He's going to go and get his bag. It's, it sucks that we weren't able to use him in full, you know, the full manner that we could have, but Tony Pollard is going to end up somewhere in this projection, right? In that instance, you have Ezekiel Elliott uh, Rico Dottle and then Malik Davis is your three running backs next year. And I think based on what we saw, I think the Cowboys might be comfortable with that, especially at the financial number. Well, that's fine. But like they were, you can't stash. Where are you going to stash him? He's going to get picked up. If you, if you put Malik Davis on that practice squad, like Aiden just said, he's gone, man. Like he's, he's, he's shown enough where he's a little bit of a bowling ball and, and he's actually kind of shifty and a powerful back. He's not going to make it on the, on the practice squad for a, a long period of time. There's no way. So, are, are we living in a world where we have to, by default, carry four running backs and maybe hope that Davis is a, a you know a, a shining spot on special teams or something like that? You know what I mean? Because I don't see it. But where are we at? I mean, Aiden, you got a thought on that one? I mean, if the coaching staff is really that impressed with Link Davis that they feel like they just need to burn a roster spot just to keep him for a year, sure. But, I mean, it's just, like, Malik Davis, if he comes into the season as the fourth running back, he's going to see maybe five touches over the course of the entire season. Like, this is not a highly coveted role. He'd be contributing mostly on special teams, and it's not like the special teams is at a loss for depth. You have, obviously, the athletic receivers that we saw, we just talked about. A lot of them will be on special. So, I don't know. I think it would be a bad decision to carry four running backs this year. I but do, too. I do too, but I I, I do really like Tony's sold. I like yeah. Tony's forward thinking. Like, hey, listen, Tony Pollard might 
head on out for the highest bidder. He might be a, you know, he might do the DeMarco Murray and go to Philly or something. You know what I mean? Like he might just go somewhere else, which would be God awful, disgusting <laughs> if it actually happened. But like, yeah, I guess you have to kind of, you have to consider next year a little bit, but again, that's the problem right now. Speaking of problems. Now I know we're not like specifically saying winners and losers, right? Cause I mean, that's kind of what you guys did last week. So I'm trying to spin it a little differently for the uh for the consumer that is listening to this podcast and once again if you're listening to this be sure to leave a review um and rate us five stars and all that good stuff uh now that the season's getting closer these things are going to get a little bit more hot and heavy uh especially if the cowboys don't get off to a good start um but i will say this now with all the good that we're talking we're we're deep at running back we're deep now at receiver we have problems over here because we don't know what we're going to do and how many guys we're going to keep that offensive line, guys, is like while while I'm excited about the starters, you know, that swing tackle position is very, very, very alarming right now. Tony, what's the move? What what do we do? Like there's we're we're sitting here with with um well ball, right? Yeah. So uh, yeah. like drew a blank for a second. Ball, and he's just for me, I mean, I'm not an offensive line coach, nor am I a scout. But from the from the eye of the person that watches a lot of film, he ain't it. So what are we doing? Yeah, I think you said it best right there. He ain't it. And it's tough. Uh, the Cowboys put themselves in this position. Um, RJ has been you know, banging the drum on that. And actually, you really agree with what he's saying. The Cowboys kind of set themselves up for failure here. Thinking that Matt Farniak, a fifth round pick, and Josh Ball, who was a fourth round pick in his second year, who had a red shirt last year, was going to be the, the answer at swing tackle was already a concerning plan. Then one of them gets hurt early. Looks like he's going to get stashed on injured reserve, and he's going to end up with a redshirt year type or or at least not be involved until later in the season. Um, so with all that being said, the, the, the swing tackle can't possibly be here. I think the team has looked at the opportunity of what they have in front of us. I think this team in this year could be good. Like, let's be honest. I'm not, I'm not trying to drink any Kool-Aid. I'm just being honest. Like this team has a schedule and a defense and some offensive playmakers to actually make some noise this year. A swing tackle with an injury could really derail that. If you have a quarterback back there, Dak Prescott, who, given time, is able to dissect defenses. He's able to go out there and hit, and hit receivers and make plays. But you need to have him upright. And I think Josh Ball just is not going to be the guy to be able to do that. So, it, it you know, we, they gave him enough opportunities. I mean, this guy was in camp for three, four weeks looking at this, and I think they have to be real, real with themselves and find somebody outside of uh, the organization right now. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. 
Aiden, you share the same sentiment as far as, look, I, I'm not trying to say a backup tackle is like pivotal, but when you have guys who have historically went down, not with ease, but just has a history, you know, Tyron Smith has a history of big tree fall hard, man. He's a, he's a, he's a monster. And he's when he's on the field, he's still, I think one of the best tackles in football, but the problem is his health, you know, and he's, he's yes, everybody comes into camp. And I said this a couple of weeks ago, hey, everybody comes They're the best shape they've ever been in. You know, they've never been healthier. No kidding. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so we know that, um, is this one of those alarming spots for you as well? Oh yeah, this is the most alarming spot for me. We talked about it a little bit on the roundtable. I'm honestly, if you just if we just want to say the tackle position is, I don't want to say it's the weakest position on the team, but I think it's the weakest position on the team when you factor in the fact that you ha- you kind of count for like what seventy five percent of games of Tyron Smith, and that's right. just who he is. The one thing I'll say is I'm kind of getting lost in the swing tackle position. We have the perfect swing tackle on the roster. His name is Terrence Steele. And so if there is anybody we could find that would become the starter, starting right tackle, there's a couple names in free agency. There's names you could trade for. There's names that I'd be much more comfortable with if they were starting right tackle. And you just let Terrence Steele move back to the swing tackle, which is, that's his perfect position. He's not a starting right tackle. He's a swing tackle in this league. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I also want to point out that nobody can actually see us recording right now, but I feel like over time, Tony has caught some serious fire on the, in the world of Twitter and the world of, uh, of he look, I look like I'm talking to Adam Schefter, like his head is down and he's, he's making, she's burning up the <laughs> wires right now, making sure that there's no news happening as we record. I'm sitting here like, I wonder if Tony knows what the heck we're talking about right now. <laughs> Crossing T's and dot and yeah, for the dude, boys there, baby. Listen, I know it. I can't even hold a conversation with half my friends i'm always like okay what's that and i'm like looking down at my phone um but anyway so offensive swing tackle another alarming position another guy that kind of jumps off the charts at me from last night can't even talk about the kickers because we're going for two and stuff so that's fun uh (laughs) which which by the way i was in fan i was a fan of i'm like why don't we just try our two-point conversion why not like what you need a live game to do it just do it like it doesn't matter it doesn't count so everybody's like oh you have a kicking competition why aren't you kicking like this is an extra point that's why if you can't make an extra point you shouldn't be on the roster anyway i think we saw some positive things though like i mean even in brett maher's and listen i'm not saying that i'm a big fan of anybody <laughs> new here. number new number new lifestyle new right. new everything i'm, so, I'm <laughs> on the brett maher train right now <laughs> he, he missed the 61 yarder by one yard but he drilled it right down the center so i mean if if that's what his kicks are gonna look like from 58 and in I, I mean brett maher might be new man knew him you know oh i don't my know God. <laughs> i might even get his jersey I'm, aiden <laughs> i'm not judging pats but did you guys feel like every pat was like an inch away from missing oh that's, like, every, it's, that's every, every year that every year that's yeah, every year yeah, yeah no that's i know every... <laughs> i know but that's, that's why do we have to squat that you like the end only... with the kick i, got, I gotta like, ask Ooh. i gotta ask and maybe the, the the viewers out there i know my father might be listening to this my brother might be listening to this because of the fact that we watch all the games together but it's like every extra point for our existence has been a, a, like a uh, okay 100%. good <laughs> like, why is that are we the only fan base that deals with this crap that can't be it can't be. <laughs> there were like a couple times last night where I was like, "Oh, great, we just missed a PAT," and then the refs put their hands up. I'm like, <laughs> like "Yeah, they wrap it around good. the pole. You, like, you lean with it. That's that what I'm saying." <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. You start, like, you're wait like, a minute. Uh, 
yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're, like, uh, you're like trying to scoot it in with your hip. Yeah, uh, get in there. <laughs> so funny. Anyway, I was talking about uh, trying to talk about some of the bright spots. Kicker position, obviously, will work that out. It's work itself out uh, within training camp since we're not doing it during the regular season or, or at least the regular games. Um, one guy that there was one touchdown that we gave up. Uh, it was like a, a bubble screen. And there was a lack of effort by a couple guys and a guy that was having a pretty tough time the entire game. It was getting picked on as far as Twitter was concerned. And, and the people that are watching the game is Nashawn Wright. Now, this is back to back weeks that we're kind of just like, mm, man, come on, bro. Like, show us something or we're not going to be able to justify the, the pick or the justify the means to have you on the roster. Tony, is he in danger of, of losing at least maybe not a roster spot, but just not being used as much when the season starts going? It's interesting. I don't. Like, just kind of crunching the numbers. I don't know if he's going to lose his roster spot per se. He'll have special teams value, and he was an early-round draft pick that I think Dan Quinn is at least a little bit invested in. But, yeah, what we thought about him two weeks ago to now is night and day different. I think a lot of people are in Nation Wright's corner thinking that he was going to be a guy that could I, – I think I said it on the show. Like, a lot of people were viewing him as the, the second – uh, the best uh, second round or last year's pick, right? Between him and Kelvin Joseph, um, it's not really looking like that anymore. I mean, I will give him some positive, right? He, he comes down, he plays the run well, he hits, he's not afraid of contact, but his main job is to cover and to get turned and get to the ball. But when that ball is in the air, it's almost like, where's Waldo? He cannot find the football. And, and that's 80% of the battle when you're playing cornerback. So I really wanted to see something good from him this week, and he really just didn't deliver on that, and it's tough because I think he has physical traits. I think he has the ability. He just hasn't put it all together when he needs to. Now, st- staying on the corner and staying on right in, in, in specific, Aiden, like without his production, you know, you do have your, your obviously your Trayvon Diggs of the world, your Kelvin Josephs, who also hasn't really, I don't know, like he hasn't really like, jumped off the charts for me but um then you have your anthony browns is all of a sudden like with with the the lack of production out of uh nashawn right what are your expectations for this cornerback room oh this is tough because at this point i don't i don't know if i'm throwing cj goodwin in the "Quote unquote," the cornerback room because mm. no, he's, he's, the sniper he's guy, in the like, special teams yeah. room. So we're just gonna set CJ Goodwin aside, mostly because I have no idea what the Cowboys are gonna do with him and whether they're gonna give him a roster spot. So obviously, we know that Diggs, Brown, Lewis—they're locked to make the roster. Yeah, Jay Lou too. Like, sorry, no, I didn't want to. I, by the way, poster boy for the uh, the new uh, the helmet and the new look that they're gonna be revealing in Tennessee. <laughs> what do y'all think of that? I love the helmet. Oh, it's it looks great. I, I think it looks it tra- is amazing. I'm crazy. I'm telling you right now, I'm more of a classic guy. I like the home whites with the silver helmet. Like there's just a classic look. But like the Cowboys, I felt like were the last he- last of the Mohegans to do anything like flashy. You know what I'm saying? So the fact that all they're doing is changing the helmet and keeping the jersey as is, I'm like, oh, dude, that's all you had to do. <laughs> it's <laughs> so smooth. Know? I mean, yeah. the helmet just looks so good. It, it, it honestly, with the white with the color rush, I think it's gonna be a clean look. Something they should do probably every year. So. Getting back to the cornerback room, I think in order right now, it's Diggs, Brown, Lewis, obviously. I'm putting Deron Bland, I think at this point, has firmly cemented himself in my mind as the cornerback four. I don't think, even if he comes out and looks disastrous in the third preseason game, I don't think that's going to change my mind because he has, it's clear to me he's the cornerback four. Five is Kelvin Joseph and well, I'm, maybe we'll get to safeties later. Maybe we won't. But if the Cowboys want to walk in with the safeties that like 
Marquise Bell could make the roster and I think will make the roster. Israel Mukwamu looks amazing. He was already going to make the roster. But safeties are deep. So, I mean, if the Cowboys want to go deep at safety, there's a chance that they just walk in the season with five cornerbacks and you're talking about, yeah, Deshaun Wright is not a lock right now. And I don't think we should consider him a lock because it's been bad. You know, just on the surface, right, it's, you would think based on draft position, the way that they were talking about early on that Nation Wright wouldn't go from possibly in the mix to off the roster. But I think what hurts him is a good thing for us is like you said, the secondary, the safety position is super deep. I mean, we Cowboys fans, right? We're sitting here talking about living in right. Right. (laughs) Like it's so true. I mean, we went from worried about the secondary to this being a real strength of the team in not even 365 days. So it's crazy to see the difference. And that's really where he's going to be hurt because Malik Hooker is quietly having a great camp. Um, you know, Jaron J- Carr speaks for himself. Marquise Bell, like you said, is a slam dunk. They love everything that he's brought to the table. So then you start doing the gymnastics, like we Donovan said, and Wilson. you crunch. Yeah, Donovan Wilson. Like, and he's somebody that, you know, I just haven't mentioned much, but there's just such a steady eddy about these safeties that the cornerback, they might have to go light just to fit some of these guys in the roster. So good point. Yeah, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see. I don't foresee anything happening on Tuesday. I see more back-end guys um, getting released. Now, you got to talk about this just because of the. it's in, it's important, and I don't think it's it's something that Cowboys fans and a lot of the media members, a lot of even guys that on Blogging the Boys, um, the, the podcast network within the writers, you guys have addressed this a lot, and it's quarterback two, right? I know it's, I know it's just backup quarterback, and I'm, I know it's just a topic of conversation. But, you know, I didn't listen. I'm going to be completely dead honest. Did Danucci play in the fourth? He did. Okay. Yeah. I, I, like I said, <laughs> fell asleep. I haven't even looked at the stats for Danucci. Did he do anything productive? <laughs> he did a very Danucci-like play. Oh, but, okay. Uh, yeah. So he fumbled. So he, yeah, he scrambled, got out of the pocket, looked Romo-esque, dropped the ball, love it. picked it back up, and threw it for like a one-yard gain. I love like, it. Yeah, no, I, I love that, it. actually. I love that. And I hope Danucci makes the practice squad because I'm a big paisan of Danucci. I hey. love this guy. Um, <laughs> But now I'm I'm serious when I say this, like the backup quarterback to Dak, God forbid, like something happens to QB one, man. Are we good with Cooper Rush? Do we think Will Greer gives us a little more? I know this is like, again, a conversation where some people in the car driving right now, driving to work, like, oh, are they really going to talk about backup quarterback? Like, it's a thing, guys. You know what I mean? Like, and and I will preface this with this. We'll talk about the backup quarterback aside, but I, I got to get your opinions on this just because we're one year removed now from all injury stuff with Dak Prescott, right? Yesterday, during the preseason, I saw Patrick Mahomes out there slinging it, sidearm, doing his thing. I saw Josh Allen out there throwing touchdown passes. Why are we so okay with not getting any live reps for Dak Prescott? Like at this point now, he's not coming off the ankle anymore. Are you guys in this team no playing at all? I mean, now, of course, it's it's the moment's passed. You're not going to play in the third preseason game. Tony, should he have gotten something yesterday? Maybe a drive, something, cadence, like any kind of something? You know, this is actually maybe the new wave of the NFL, to be honest with you, because you control the narrative with your stars. He goes out there and they do more joint practices, right? You see how they went back-to-back weeks with the Broncos and the Chargers. He doesn't have to get touched, but he's still going against a quality defensive opponent with a real competitive edge to it. But you control that narrative, right? He doesn't have to take a shot from from the 6D end of the Chargers trying to make a name for himself, right? So these are... This is something where you know he's not going to get touched. He's going to get quality work. And um, listen, I'm not going to tell Andy Reid, a Super Bowl champion, how to handle Pat Mahomes and Pat Mahomes to do his thing. But 
I'm not upset with the way they handled it. And 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 unless he comes out flat and we look bad, then we might be like, ah, oh, maybe he should have got some reps. But right now, I feel pretty good about their decision. Yeah, I didn't really. Uh, I'll give it to Aiden in a second. But I, I didn't even consider. Yeah, you watch a lot of the joint practices. They're on you know DallasCowboys.com and stuff, and and we're watching that. And he is getting good good work there, and with the red shirt on. So it's like you don't have to worry about him getting smacked around. And you're right, there could be de sixers. Like you know what, mom, I'm on TV. Uh, I'm getting second reps, and Dak's playing. So I'm going to try my very hardest to just clothesline this guy's head off. Um. So yeah, to that point, I get it. Aiden, you're on that same page, or I'm on the same page, and I'm out. We talked about idiot. this. All right, go ahead. <laughs> no, well, we talked about this in week 18 last year. I was in the boat that I didn't want the starters to play then either. So I'm just in the in general. I think one of the greatest assets that the Cowboys had last season was their health. In fact, I think they were one of the best NFL teams in terms of the amount of players that they were able to walk into the playoffs with. So I'm just in across the board in general. I'm if you keep your starters healthy if they're. There's no reason to play them right now. We know who Dak is. We know who Zeke is. They don't need to prove anything. All right. Aiden, did Cooper Rush or Will Greer, which one of those guys have done enough in two games worth? Well, Greer missed the first game, so that kind of hurts him. But Patrick Walker, Mr. No-See himself of DallasCowboys.com, put out a stat last night where they're like, here's one guy's game stats where it was like a whole half of football, and here's one guy who just entered the game about two minutes ago, and it was like very similar. So, like, I ask you guys, does Greer, now that Danucci is more than likely going to be your your scrambling guy that you could practice with on the practice squad, right? Greer is that guy, too. He can run. He can move. Who are they choosing come time? Because they're not going to carry three. There's enough roster spots that we have debates about. Aiden, which one of these guys right now with another week to play, right? So, they still have some evaluation to do. But your gut right now, who's backup quarterback to Dak Prescott? I think if there's Vegas betting lines, I think Wilger's negative 1,000 to be the backup quarterback wow. right now. Right. I really I'm, thought you were going the other way. Okay. Really? Honestly. I, I just thought, I, in my opinion, Cooper Rush, he's an okay dink and dunk quarterback. That's my, like, he is a game manager quarterback. He's not going to air it out. He is going to keep it close to the line of scrimmage. And he's not even that great at keeping it close to the line of scrimmage. Will Greer, I mean, we're talking about backup quarterbacks here. I don't think Will Greer's some otherworldly quarterback, but at the same time, at least Greer is willing to put some air under the ball. I think he threw for like nine, 10 yards per attempt last night. He he He's the backup quarterback you need in that situation. Just go in there, air it out. We don't care if you throw some picks because you're the backup anyway. How I, soon we forget that, that Cooper Rush was a hero just last year. But anyway, <laughs> hey, Tony, where, where are you on the quarterback two situation? Yeah, I mean, I kind of have the same sentiment as, as Aiden. Uh, for me, when you're kind of looking at uh, QB2, you're kind of looking for somebody that can keep this offense about as similar as you can without Dak Prescott being in there. Cooper Rush is very game manager, very almost timid in the way he plays the quarterback position. He's, I know, understand he's not out there with, the, you know, the number one guys and he's not really out there with a full deck, but... Will Greer just comes out when he oozes a little bit more confidence. Now, we some of that can turn into like gunslinger Brett Favre-esque. Like you see him thrown into double coverage off a of back foot. And But with the talent and with the understanding, I mean, forget, don't forget that he has, and I mentioned it to RJ last, or Dave Hellman last night, he has Nussmeyer in his corner is somebody that he was with in Florida. I think he has a sponsor on the staff that's going to keep him around. And if Cooper Rush isn't going to be able to separate himself from the pack uh, substantially enough, Will Greer has enough oomph in him, enough skill that I think the Cowboys would go in that direction. 
All right, so just to let everybody know, a little recap of this podcast in particular, uh, 37 minutes in, we have Aiden comparing Turpin to Debo Samuel, and we have uh, Tony coming in here saying that uh, Will Greer could potentially be Brett Favre. Okay, so <laughs> along, we're all on the same page as far as legends and current stars right now. We're all good. Uh, anyway, so to put a bow on week two, obviously it's it's a positive vibe coming out of this a lot better than it was one week ago. Tony, you're – it doesn't have to be one single thing. Your final thought uh, on week two and where the Cowboys stand heading into their final uh, preseason game. I think this week kind of let us know what the preseason is all about in a nutshell, right? I think the way this fan base it felt after week one was we're going to get punched in the mouth. We're going to get bullied. We're just not ready for it. This team isn't better. Look at Mike McCarthy. This team's not disciplined. They're, they're just not tough. And then you go into, you know, play against the Chargers, practice Wednesday, Thursday, play a game Saturday changes the narrative completely i think they came out tough they came out physical they 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 executed uh this team and that kind of is like what i'm trying to get to my whole point here is we gotta relax right i think we're gonna take every game and every practice with a grain of salt you're gonna do what you can to get better every single day i think the cowboys still have some time right they're going back to texas now they got one more preseason game this is going to be about the young roster guys at the end of the roster trying to make and fight for a job um but i think we feel good about the way the cowboys and going into the season i think they have a chance to be good i think we have to relax there are still some battles to be won but i feel pretty good about the prospects of this team heading into week one Aiden, your thoughts heading into uh, the final week of preseason yeah um Real quick, I have three last players I want to hit on just because yeah, of course. three players deserve to be. Israel Mukwamu, I think, had oh, a great he, game. He we had himself we, a day last night. Yep. We briefly touched on it, but like not even the interception. That hit where Kelvin, I know it was Deron Bland. Kelvin Justin, Deron Bland, one of the two got burned up the sideline. And, and he came Mukwamu up with said, Yeah, no, yeah. I'm, you're not catching this ball. <laughs> I'm laying you out. So Mukwamu had a great game. Did it concern either of y'all that Jabril Cox wasn't able to chase down Easton Stick last night? Yeah, you know, I did. I did that see. Was that you who tweeted that? Me. Did you tweet that, or somebody else tweeted that? I didn't I, tweet it. Somebody else tweeted that um, about the fact that like we couldn't, like Jabril Cox couldn't get to the angles. It was the angles. He had <laughs> like, he, Jabril Cox had a great game, but when I was watching Easton Stick outrun him, I was like. Oh, ew! <laughs> He's an athlete, though. Don't, don't, don't short. Don't give uh, Easton Stick the short end of the stick here. Yeah, he can, he can play a little bit. I mean, you have pun on words, huh? You like that? But yeah, no. I, I think there's a bit of the angle. I think Jabril Pox is going to be fine. I think he's still in that phase of like trusting the knee. Maybe he didn't want to hit, you know, 100 percent in the preseason game on a bad knee with a brace on. So, um, I, I, I wouldn't take too much into it. If he starts doing that in the regular season, it might be more of an issue. But anything else, Aiden? Yeah, my last thought was let's make Tristan Hill the starting defensive tackle. I, Ooh. I've been in that camp for a little bit now. I think he's one of the better defensive tackles we have, and maybe not over Gallimore. Now that I'm thinking, I was about just going to say, I, you know, know, I'm not starting him over Gallimore, tackle. but that's, you know, more reps. <laughs> right. Make him the backup defensive tackle. I like First it. Game. I like it. So the Cowboys find themselves one and one after two games. Uh, like I said, the vibes are different now. The vibes are. 100% up compared to last week when they were down and we couldn't complete a pass and we couldn't go another two plays without a penalty. Like it was just tough sledding week one, better sledding week two. Um, I do agree with all you guys uh, as far as the sentiment is concerned about the feel of the room. The only thing that concerns me 
is the offensive line. I do want to give give the flowers to the defensive line and their run stopping ability. That they, they really, really did stop the run now two weeks in a row. And these are the twos, guys. You know what I mean? This isn't this is a defense that doesn't have its Parsons in the lineup. No Gallimore's in the lineup. No Demarcus Lawrence in the lineup. Those guys are all sitting hanging out while the twos and the threes are really clogging some holes. And it's really, really cool to see uh, that nobody's really getting away with much uh, running it uh, between the tackles. So that'll do it. That will do it for week two of the preseason. Be sure to subscribe to the entire Blog and the Boys podcast network each and every day. I know Jess goes live each morning. She's recapping some of the headlines. You got our show to kick you off on Mondays. You got uh, R- uh, RJ Ochoa on here. You got uh, Tony Casillas still they're rocking with the 750. You also have um, Tom Mark Ryle, Ryan. and you have you have just so many guys, so many personalities over here on the Blog and the Boys Podcast Network. You can get your fix each and every day. And shout out to the girls as well, um, Kelsey and um, uh, losing Mag- my train of thought. Mag- yeah, Mag- <laughs> <laughs> I love Megan to death, and I'm like, I, I remember I had my coffee this morning. Nobody else. Uh, anyway, so that'll do it for Dave Sturcio, Tony Catalina, Aiden Davis. This has been another episode of the First and Ten Podcast. We will see you guys right back here to put a bow on the preseason next week.